supporting you in your dog parenting journey. The Dynamic Dog Owner with Debbie Potter. Hello and welcome to The Dynamic Dog Owner. Our podcast is all about supporting dog parents in whatever way they need support. We don't focus on how to teach behaviours because that's available everywhere, but we look at how to support people in their journey. So the human end of the lead and us gaining more knowledge as dog parents to different ways of thinking and to looking behind the scenes almost into the eyes of your dog and living with your dog. So this week's episode is all about probably one of the most common things dogs do, barking. Have you ever wondered why your dog barks? And it's probably a common question we get asked is, how do I stop my dog barking? Now, obviously dogs bark. They are dogs. That's the sound they make. Some dogs bark more than others. Some breeds bark more than others. Some ages and stages they bark more. There are so many reasons for barking. So many. And there are so many situations. I mean, just name a few. You know, you've got them barking at the TV. Some dogs bark when they see other dogs or some dogs bark at people. Some dogs bark at squirrels or cats. Some dogs bark when their owner comes home. Some dogs bark when their owner leaves the home. Um, Some bark in excitement out of going for a walk. Some bark at the doorbell. Some bark about wanting food while you're cooking and eating. Often it feels like they're barking for just any reason under the sun. (laughs) And I get it. Barking is annoying. Barking is incredibly annoying. Um, Especially if you like my dogs, they are so loud. Um, Literally, it goes straight through your head. Um, Yeah, it's crazy. Um, And I've got three of them. So if they happen to all want to bark at the same time, I'm like, geez, shut up, guys. This is really hurting my ears. Um, So I get it. It's annoying. Um, If they do it out of the house, it is so embarrassing because naturally people hear it. Um, We are very auditory people, so we wouldn't see a dog misbehaving as much as we would hear them. Um, So as soon as we hear dog bark, we instantly sort of get our attention up. Um, And I think for us, we kind of go, why are you barking? It seems like a really unnecessary thing. Why do you have to bark? But for dogs, it does have so many purposes. And I think partly it's linked to that we forget that we do speak a different language to our dogs. Dogs don't speak English I mean, I know we all think they do and they do obviously pick up on certain phrases, um, but those phrases are the odd phrases or the odd word. They don't know everything we say to them. (laughs) I know just like me, you probably talk the hind leg off a donkey to your dog. I know I do. And I'm sure they understand everything I'm saying, Um, but they do read up a lot more on our body language, our mannerisms, our tones. um, And we we don't realise it, but we are quite habitual people. We do things in the same order, in the same pattern. We say things in a certain way. I mean, you can say one phrase in one way and then do it combined with body language. It means something completely different to your dog. So we do forget that, you know, there is a language barrier between us and our dogs. Humans, mainly, we focus on auditory. So we are very apt at using speaking and are listening for communication that's our most natural form of communicating with each other and equally with other animals too but dogs primary way of communicating isn't 
through speaking and listening. It's mainly through body language, which I know sounds a little bit odd if you've not sort of heard that expression before, but dogs communicate through watching. So they watch each other and they give off very subtle body language cues and signs that communicate to each other how they're feeling, um, invite dogs or tell them to go away. And equally, because that's their language between each other, they are very in tune with our own body language. So they know certain things that we do in certain orders or certain gestures, um, how we make our facial expressions. And if you've ever done like sort of basic training, often it begins with visual signs, so hand gestures. So for example, you know, um, my, you raise a hand for a sit or you may point for a down. That is us speaking our dog's language. So we often use it in training, but we forget that they're picking up on our body language all the time. And um, so it is sort of subtle language that comes very unnaturally to us. And I am fascinated when I watch my dogs interact um, and they all have beautiful body language between each other. The way they can communicate absolutely silently just by a raised eyebrow or a flick of a tail in a certain direction or a freeze it is fascinating if you have ever had the opportunity if you have multiple dogs that are you know living together and communicate beautifully if you are looking at them and really taking in what they're saying to each other it is fascinating if you haven't ever done anything about body language for me it is one of the most important things all dog parents can learn body language we'll probably do an episode all about body language actually because it is so interesting um and it's so vital we would if we were going to a different country we i mean let's face it we're english everyone speaks english so we are a little bit slack at learning new languages let's face it we expect other people to talk english um but you try if you're anything like me you try to learn a few words i haven't been abroad for ages so i haven't had to do it for ages but um you know a few words, you know, you know how to say please and thank you and can I have the bill and where's the toilet? And we we tend to learn those sort of need necessity of, of phrases that we're going to need on our holiday um, and those words just so we can get by. But we don't learn the actual language. Why don't we do that considering we live with another species who speaks another language? If you lived with somebody who was from a different country and their native language was a different language you would make an effort to understand it and to you naturally would learn quite a little bit about it we forget that applies to dogs that they have a language and we don't learn it we expect them to learn our english we talk to them and give them instructions but we never or rarely do we naturally flip it on its head and learn what they're saying to us and it is an absolute eye-opener. So I personally believe one of the main reasons our dogs bark is because they've tried to communicate in their way by giving us body language signals, but because we don't pick up on them, they use what they, or they have over the years of us having dogs, have started to realise that to really get a human's attention, you have to make some noise because they're auditory. So rather than us asking, how do I stop them barking? I think one of the questions we have to ask is, how can I start listening to them more so they don't have to shout at me? 
Because if you study your dog, you will realise they give off a lot of body language before they start the barking. So there's a lot of subtle movements from their their eyes, their ears, their tail, their body stiffening or relaxing that then leads to barking. So I think the question we have to ask ourselves potentially is a little bit more about what do they need? How can I help them? How can I understand them a little bit better? And how can I help them to feel differently or to express themselves in another way. Do you know it sounds a little bit weird? Well, let's like use an example. So for example, let's say um, my dog barks when he leaves the house for a walk. So we can kind of work out what are they trying to get from it? You know, what do they need? Well, they need to go for their walk. Um, therefore, they are likely to be a little bit excited. So it's probably an excitement bark. How can I help them? Rather than just saying, stop barking, we can help to understand how they're feeling. So they're feeling very excited because they're going for their favourite walk. Therefore, they have a lot of pent up energy, a lot of emotions, a lot of fidgetiness. We then walk out the door and we ignore the barking and we carry on going. So what does our dog learn? Barking gets me where I need to go quicker. It doesn't have any negative consequences and it doesn't have... You know, any reason I don't get what I want. It, it works. It fuels the fire. It gets my people listening to me and we get to go quicker. So we can then go, well, how can I help them do that differently? So what could I do to break the cycle of them barking as soon as they come out the door? I could give them another job to do. I can help them be less excited by giving them a calm, relaxing task so that we're not feeding into that energy. You know, we've got things like, for example, um, my dog barks when I'm preparing dinner or they bark while I'm eating my dinner. Well, what do they need? They clearly want your food. <laughs> How, why, why do they want my food? It could be because ours tastes better than theirs. Um, it could be because they're hungry. We There's an old fashioned kind of approach that you should feed your dog last so that they know they are the bottom of the pack. Load of tosh, let's face it. Doesn't matter when you feed. You're not, you're not like <laughs> fighting over a carcass of an animal here and they only get the scraps. Um, it doesn't matter what order you feed your family in um, to them to think that they're definitely at the bottom of the pile. Um, that's, yeah, that, that's like complete rubbish. Um <laughs> It works on the sort of the dominance wolf theory, which dogs are not wolves and uh, we are not wolves. Therefore, we don't have to apply that to our life. So often it's because your dog's really hungry and you insist on feeding them last. So they're going, why do you get to eat? I'm hungry too. So how can we, you know, how can we understand them better? We understand their their emotions. They're hungry. Um, how can I help them? So we've worked out they need the food. How can I help them? I don't know. I might feed them first. So at least they are not desperately hungry while I'm eating my dinner. Or we could give them their dinner while we eat. Or we could give them a chew so that they're eating at the same time as us, which is quite natural, considering we are a family unit with our dog. And I think that's something we forget and we overlook quite a lot, that there is not a, a dominance theory of I'm better than my dog and the dog needs to know their place. We are a family unit that live together. Majority of families, I know modern times everyone's busy, but we don't as much. But 
traditionally we'd always sit down to the table to eat together or we all eat at roughly the same times why can't our dog be part of that too why can't our dogs have a something at meal times especially when they're young and they're learning maybe not as they get older but when they're learning rather than us going stop barking we can satisfy their need you need food because you're hungry okay you have it while i eat mine we solve a problem so sometimes so just understanding what they're actually asking us for why they're barking will help and of course there are so many reasons for barking um i don't know if you have never noticed but my dogs have very particular barks that mean different things um one in particular fred has a number of different barks he is the most communicative barker there is um sometimes obviously they're a different pitch or a different frequency or a different tone um and each one of those different barks will have a different reason or a different sort of purpose so obviously you've got things like alert barking naturally if there's a danger we need to alert the family that there's a danger so they alert bark demands barking is i want something please give it to me fearful barking so if a dog is scared of something they may bark out of fear to try and make it go away you've got aggressive barking so i'm barking because i want to eat you which may be you know towards squirrels um excitement barking i'm so excited i've got so much emotions i don't know what to do i'll have a bark sometimes we get frustrated barking so there's something that's causing me a lot of you know i don't know what to do about this i've got weird emotions i'm really annoyed i'll bark you've also got sort of wary or nervous barking i'm a bit weird about this situation and then you've got an anxious bark so they're all you could have an excited playful bark you could have a um a playing bark when they're playing with another dog so so many different types of bark so i know for fred for example he has a few different barks he has an excited bark which is normally mum's coming home um and it's a a kind of a level sort of deep pitch and a woof 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 and then there's lots of whinnying in between the woofs um he then has a um demand bark so his demand bark he throws his head back up in the air and he almost does a lot of woof 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 in quick succession and they're much higher pitched and they say he throws his head back as he's doing it so if he's barking it's almost a continuous stream of woof 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 at a higher pitch then i know there's something he wants and he's very polite it'll probably be my my toy is on the sofa and i can't get it off the sofa when he knows he could but he doesn't so there's something that i would like he then has a i'm scared bark because he's very wary of things coming into his environment i've mentioned it before in the podcast so um if something happens or startles him he barks much higher in much more quick succession which is almost like a bark so it's more of a siren bark and then i know which bark means what thing so it helps me to understand what he's actually trying to say to me but equally before any of those things happen there's normally a little bit of body language so the question is obviously how do we stop it um should we just ignore it and let them get on with it um <laughs> depending on the reason uh you know and uh, everyone again everyone's expectations on this are going to be really different alert barking i personally love it if my dogs bark when the doorbell goes 
um, because they're telling everyone, hey, there's a dog here, watch out. Um, I like it if they bark at sounds in the garden because if, for example, there was somebody walking behind my house in an alleyway um, that's not supposed to be there, I want my dog to say, hey, go away. That's, you know, they're doing their, they're doing a good job really, aren't they? Um, so some reasons, sometimes we want them to bark. Other people go, no, they shouldn't bark ever. Everyone's expectations are different. And I think highlighting that there are emotions behind a bark, it depends on the emotion as to whether we should just ignore it. And if they're doing a alert bark, if they're doing, you know, certain barks, then they're probably okay. But really, simply ignoring a bark is rarely going to work. Um, Because of a few different reasons. But it depends on what's happening in your situation. So for example, you know, with the going for a walk, my dog's excited and we ignore it and just carry on about our business. They're learning that if I bark, I get what I want anyway. So what's the result? Cool, I get what I want. So if a dog is repeatedly doing something, whatever it may be, in this case, barking, and it gets them the result they were looking for. So attention, a walk, um, making the person go away, being told to be quiet. Um, in their eyes, the barking works. So I bark because I want that food on the side and then they give it to me. Great. I bark because I'm so excited about going for a walk. I still get to go. Great. Why on earth would they stop doing the barking? Because in their eyes, it's still getting them what they want. We see it as annoying and oh, they shut up in a few minutes, but they're getting what they want. That's why they stop. Equally, what can happen is that barking almost becomes self-rewarding. When they're barking, they're releasing energy. Um, It makes them feel a little bit better in the moment. And again, if something makes you feel good, why would you stop doing it? Now, obviously, naturally, we tell them to be quiet or we try to make them be quiet without addressing why they're doing it in the first place. And what happens in that instance is we're cutting off communication. So, for example, if your dog barks on a walk and as soon as they start, say they see another dog and they bark at another dog. And as soon as they do, you give them a yank on their their collar or you tap them on the nose or whatever else. You're saying, oh, shut up. There's no thought as to why they're actually doing it. So what we're doing is saying, no, you must not bark. But remember, barking is communication when everything else has failed, potentially. So we're then saying to them, you can't have thoughts and feelings. You've got no choice over your behaviour. You must not bark. And potentially, we could be causing a bigger problem. Because if the barking doesn't work and get that scary thing to go away, what will? Well, now I've got to step it up a gear and I've got to do something more to make them go away. I'm not allowed to bark anymore. So... um. Generally, dogs will start with low level things to say, I don't like this. And they will then progress on and progress on and progress on. And obviously, eventually, dogs will bite. If we say don't bark and it's down to I am scared and we say you must not bark, they are then not giving a warning. So when that thing continues to make them feel scared, eventually they may feel that they have to start thinking about nipping or biting, which is obviously something we want to avoid. So just ignoring it is unlikely to work. So instead, what can you do? Now, obviously, 
as you know in this podcast I can't give you an absolute answer because it is so dependent on your dog and your individual circumstance but we can give you some things to consider so the first thing to do is try and work out the reason for your barking so uh, the best way to do this is see if there is a habit and a pattern forming so keep a diary write down um, make it on a piece of paper or get a little notebook whatever it is but keep a diary of every time your dog barks write down what happened before they started barking what happened during the barking and what happened after the barking so for example my dog starts barking why did they do it the doorbell rang so the doorbell rang then my dog started barking whilst they were barking I ignored them or I tried to make them be quiet or I sent them to their bed. The barking stopped. Then what did they get? This gives you valuable information. And then it helps you to start trying to work out why they were doing it. What benefit they got. So how did it make them feel while they were doing it? And what the result of the barking was. Um, And it just gives you the information to start working those things out. When we've got the information that's behind the reason, so the reason behind the barking, then we've got the knowledge to create new habits and start breaking the cycle of why do they bark. Or we can look at changing emotions. So remember that majority of the time there is going to be either an emotion or a result that is making the barking happen. But the main thing is to then take that information and find a local trainer or a professional behaviourist to work with you and help you because it is so dependent. So, for example, I'll use an example with Fred because obviously I've worked on this with him quite a lot recently. Um, As I said, he, he doesn't like other people coming into his environment because they scare him. So I've been working to build his confidence that when something weird in your environment happens, you don't have to worry about it. It's nothing to be scared of. And the way we have done that is by pairing the potentially scary thing with a positive reward. So, for example, out on a walk, um, I don't walk him where I know he is going to encounter things where I can't train. So... It sounds like I'm avoiding the problem. I'm not. I'm creating situations where he gets it right. Because if he continues to get it wrong, he's practicing an unwanted habit. So we only go to big, wide, open spaces where he can see what's around. And if things enter, they're at a distance so that he has time to process it, make choices. And then we can teach him what we'd like him to do rather than... For example, if I was walking down the street and someone popped out of their house, they suddenly make him jump. They're only a few metres away from him. He goes, oh, my goodness, there's somebody there. Woof, 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 woof. If he's got distance, the person appears, he looks, he feels safe because he's got the distance. And then he goes, hmm, what should I do? And I can reward those good choices of not barking. So for him, it's either he gets chicken for looking at them he likes a bit of cooked chicken so as soon as a scary thing comes into his environment and I notice a subtle change in his body language before he barks I reward that subtle change of body language with here have some chicken or let's play with a toy 
he gets a toy or normally a tennis ball because he likes tennis balls but he gets a ball sort of thrown in his direction the scary thing is paired with something positive to help change his emotions but it's done at a safe distance over time so he's now two and a half he's been barking at things in his environment since he was about um yeah about six months old really so for the last two years it used to be that we had to be miles away from stuff. We can now do it in relatively close proximity. So I would say about 20 metres. He's still only young. We're still working on it. But eventually he won't mind when things pop out because we will continue to build on his new emotions. So again, remember that emotions take longer to fix than a training problem because training is I'm teaching you to do something new emotions are very different because often our, the emotions with our dogs have come from somewhere either a big event that has scared them or emotions have been created um and the sort of energy has been fed so for example with our excitement going out for a walk if they've always done the routine they've always been excited we can't just suddenly say to them right we well, today you're not allowed to be excited for a walk we have to change that emotion and changing emotions can take time Remember, if I suddenly told you, don't be scared of X, Y, or Z, you're not just going to suddenly do it because I told you not to be scared. You have to change your mind yourself. And that can take a while. So just consider when your dog is barking, why? What's the reason for their bark? Don't feel embarrassed (laughs) because dogs are supposed to bark. And again, it's a little bit about setting our realistic expectations. If you've got a dog and you expect it never, ever to bark, is that fair on your dog? It would be like someone saying to you, you're never allowed to speak. It wouldn't be fair. And we have to listen to them. We know as people being heard is really empowering. Same goes for our dogs. If we hear them and go, okay, I've heard you. Like with an alert bark, if your dog's barking at the back of the gate, sometimes just going over to them and saying, it's all right, mate. I know. I've told Thank you for telling me. We're all good. Let's go inside. They go, brilliant job done. Told mum there was something there. She doesn't listen. I have to keep telling her until she does. But simply going, okay, well done. Yeah, thanks for telling me. Come on in then. We're all good. Job done. Mum's acknowledged it. Mum knows there's a danger. Told everyone we're all safe. It's all good. It sounds odd, but it's something I do with my dogs. I go, don't worry, it's nothing there today. It's just the bin men or what have you. But I acknowledge it so they know they have been heard if it's an alert bark. Um, because that's them doing their job and they want it to be um, sort of passed down to the rest of the family. Because that's them trying to protect us and be, hey, there's a danger potentially. No, it's all good. So working out, say, the, the pitch, the frequency, work out what types of bark you have. Because again, that will help you when they are barking to go, ah, is this a demand bark? Is this a, I've heard something scary bark? Is this a, I'm an excited bark? Because then it'll help you work out the why. And if we can work out why they're barking, that's the reason, that's the main thing that we can then try and find out a solution from. So it's not necessarily a a fix in today's podcast, but it gives you knowledge So find out the reason for their bark, the type of bark, what they're trying to achieve from it and try 
to create a little diary so that you can work out all of this information because sometimes just knowing the information you'll be able to fix the problem yourself and you won't need any extra support um but consider it as communication it's not your dog trying to annoy you it's not your dog trying to ruin your tv program it's them trying to communicate something and if we can understand what that something is it will make their and our lives a little bit easier and again it will help improve that communication between you and your dog and the communication is key the stronger the more we communicate the more we understand the communication the stronger the relationship the stronger the bond and therefore we will have a much happier life with our dog so if you are experiencing problems with barking please again do head into our facebook group it's the best place to kind of get information um, from other people and from our trainers or if you have a really big problem with barking and you want to talk to somebody about it don't forget you can book a free discovery call with our training team to talk about any areas that you're struggling with there's a link in the show description um, and then we can point you in the right direction of support have a great week everybody thank you for listening to the dynamic dog owner with me debbie potter see you next time